it is my honor today to say happy Mother's Day. What an important day to celebrate. And I get to introduce you to one of my favorite moms in the world, Ashley McKee. Give it up for Ashley today, yeah? Good morning. Babe, I'm amazed by you. I think you're an incredible mother. I'm grateful for all that you do for our kids. And it's an honor to serve alongside you in all that we do. And so this is a picture of Mother's Day last year. And uh, it's crazy. There's four kids. So much has happened in this year. Uh, They're all smiling. And it's like a sweet moment. (laughs) That doesn't happen easily. (laughs) There's probably several takes on that one. But um, so besides being a mom, first of all, what do you enjoy doing? I love to garden. This is my first, actually, sorry, my third year getting to do vegetables. Um, So I love growing flowers and vegetables. I love taking um, fitness classes at the Y. I enjoy uh, hanging out with our grow group here at church. I enjoy cooking. Um, Hopefully I'll get to learn more about cooking later. There's not a lot of time for that, but I love to cook. Well, truth is you got to do a lot of that stuff a lot more before you had four kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's made it a lot more challenging. We When we first got married, we thought we were busy, but we didn't realize how much free time we had. And then our life totally changed. We didn't know um, how this was going to go. The doctor told us that it might be a challenge for us to have kids. And so we said, okay, well, we'll see what happens. And well, our first month of trying, we (laughs) we were pregnant. All right. So here we go. Didn't take long. And our life was forever changed. And then four kids later... Life is radically different than it used to be. And so first question, why did you want to have four kids? I always wanted to be a mom. I think I played with baby dolls until I was in seventh grade. So uh, I don't know. I think um, ever since I became a Christian, I just had this urge inside of me to spread um, my faith to future generations. So I wanted to raise a little army for, for Jesus. That's awesome. Well, but I know that four kids can be challenging for sure. And so what, what's it like being a mom to four kids? I think we agree with Jim Gaffigan when he described what it's like to have four kids. He said, imagine you're drowning and someone throws you a baby. <laughs> right on. Yeah. That's what it, it feels tough. like. <laughs> there are joys and challenges in motherhood for sure. And adding number four was, it was a challenge. Totally. And that's why we're calling today motherhood messy and meaningful. The truth is there's challenges to it and it's messy and there's different phases there's portions where you feel like are we going to make it through and often we look to another phase thinking it's going to get better and but first of all i just want to know what is hard or messy about motherhood let's start there Hmm, well besides childbirth childbirth um, yeah that's hard and messy yes um but um (laughs) (laughs) but i think um I thought I was a good person until I got married and had kids. And then I was like, ooh, I think I have some anger issues or I'm not as patient as I thought I was. And I think realizing those things that are down in me, um, they really hit the surface whenever you're adding people to your life um, with people that have their own wills and personalities, not to mention their simple natures. Totally. We always say that marriage is kind of like a mirror. All of a sudden you get married and you start seeing things that you didn't like. And you're like, well, that must be you. It must be your fault. I'm I'm angry. I'm mad. I'm selfish. But really, marriage is like a mirror. It just reflects what's already in us. Then we added four mirrors that just reflected (laughs) all this junk that was in our hearts of, oh, my goodness, there's still frustration and anger. and, And we don't 
we're not very patient and all those things that we just needed to let God change us. Yeah, and I think um, you, whenever you have a child, you lose control. Um, if you have your impact notes in front of you and you want to you want to take notes, you can start here. The fact that you lose control when you have a child, I think, you know, before you have kids, you you can go wherever you want, whenever you want. You can, you know, I know for us now, going to the grocery is this big planned event. Like, <laughs> I have to make sure he's home with the kids so I can go get food. Um, it's just losing control of the things that you once made decisions for. And really from the beginning, even before we have kids, this whole thing we don't have much control over, like when the doctor told us it might be challenging. And then we had a child. We know that Mother's Day has a lot of different stories in here. There's some of you that have battled infertility and and you wish today was Mother's Day for you. And, And we know for others... You're waiting for that day to get married and so that you can celebrate uh, union with somebody else and be able to have children. I know for us, it didn't go as planned in the beginning and then it didn't go as planned as we went through having kids. We had our first and our second and everything seemed to be moving along smoothly. And then we had a miscarriage. And then we had a second miscarriage. And the second miscarriage was on Mother's Day. That was such a hard day. And I'll, I'll never forget having to, to leave you to go to church to preach. And my heart was just broken. And I'm just like, I want to be with you. I don't want to leave. And it was, it was a hard day. And we, we didn't have control of how this whole thing went. And, and some of you had dreams for your child that when your child was born, you realized they were born with, with something different. And you knew that was something you were going to be facing throughout your life. And... And others of you, you face Mother's Day today, maybe as the first time without your mom. Or maybe there's a challenge today as you come in and you're going, I want to say Happy Mother's Day, but I feel other things too. We want you to know you're not alone because you lose control in this whole sphere of having children. And it often breaks and messes with our hearts in the process. So God meets us in our mess. But he also has created motherhood with a lot of meaning and a lot of purpose behind it. So what have you learned or are you learning in this season of your life as a mom? Yeah, well, the first thing I'll say is I am not a professional. I've been a mom for nine years. There are lots of you that have been a mom a lot longer than me. And I'm so thankful for moms that have gone before me and teach me things. Um, But the Lord has given me some wisdom and things that I've learned along my journey of motherhood that I want to share with you today and hopefully encourage you um, and let you see just how valuable your role is as mom. Um, But the first thing you asked what what I've learned, um, I have learned that I desperately need truth in my life, that I need truth like I need air in my lungs. If I depend on my feelings, um, I feel tired. I feel exhausted. I feel like I don't have anything to give. Um, sometimes I feel like a failure as a mom. I have days where it just seems like I don't know if what I'm doing is very valuable or nobody sees me or um, not really getting thanked a whole lot for this. And it just can feel very mundane and tiresome. Um, so our feelings can put us in an unhealthy place um, and leave us overwhelmed and tired. And what truth, so you said truth, like you need air. What, like that's a broad term. What are some specific truths that you have to renew your mind with to keep going? There's three truths that I want to um, bring out today. The first one um, is that motherhood is God's idea. And I love this, just the fact that God, um, 
He thought this up. He designed this. The creator of the universe thought it was important for there to be mothers in the world to pass on life. Um, And I think remembering this alone gives my role value, and it gives it purpose. Um, The creator gets to determine what the motherhood role looks like, and it's exciting to be able to serve him um, and glorify him in our role as mom. Right, because when we think of God, we usually just think of Father. We think of this powerful one that directs everything, yet... When you hear this list, what do you think of? Nurturer, comforter, teacher, caretaker, loving, compassionate, helper. We think of moms, right? Often that's what comes to mind. Yet these are the things in Scripture that we actually find also described about the Father. Because perfectly resembled of fatherhood and motherhood is found in who God is. He designed both, and they both emanate from him. He shows us what true fatherhood, true motherhood is. And I love that life, I mean, God is the creator of life, and he gave mothers the ability physically to bring forth life and also spiritually to bring forth life in this world, that we get to pass on um, the truths of Scripture, the truth of who God is. Um, And I just think it's amazing we get to reflect who he is to our kids We're not perfect in our reflection of him, um, but we get to show what he's like when we're we're using those uh, roles and characteristics that he gave us as moms. I love Isaiah 40. It says, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lamb in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. And that's how he works with us. He could just be the authority and above all and just say, hey, follow me. But instead, he nurtures and cares and gently leads us throughout. So, first of all, motherhood was God's idea. Then what else do you remind yourself with? Um, The fact that I'm not serving just my kids. I'm serving Jesus. And there are days when I feel like a professional wiper. Like, all I do is wipe bottoms and noses and tables, and (laughs) my right arm gets really strong because I can do this really well. Um, So to know that those things that feel mundane and feel like, this is what I do every day, is anyone noticing? Um, God sees me when I'm doing that. He sees you when you're doing those things that are so simple, changing a diaper or... Um, wiping someone's nose, um, those things are important, and he is well-pleased when, um, when we're doing those things. When we're taking care of others. And that's who he is. That is part of our worship. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And often when we think of worship, we think of just standing and singing or lifting our hands or something like that. But scripture actually says anytime you lay your life down so that somebody else can have life, that's when you are worshiping God. When we live as sacrifices, we give praise and honor and glory to God. And that's true worship. And, and, and that's reflected yeah, in Jesus. Absolutely. Um, Jesus said he did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And that's what we get to do as moms. We get to be like Christ um, and know that what we're doing is valuable because we're, we're giving our life away so that others can have life. Totally. So you're serving Jesus, not just your kids. Motherhood was God's idea. What's another truth? 
Um, this is, if you don't hear anything else today, I want you to hear this. Um, this third truth, and I remind myself of this daily because I see my need. But um, it's only Jesus fills my cup. Um, I do love a good cup of coffee in the morning, but the best part of my morning is spending time in God's Word. Um, spending time with Him um, in prayer and letting Him fill my cup. Because the truth is, I get poured out on a continuous basis. I'm pouring out, I'm giving, I'm serving. And I get dry, I get empty. And I need Jesus to fill me up with His peace. I need Him to give me joy and remind me the value of mothering. I need him to um, give me love and show me his love for me so that I'm able then to pour that out to my kids um, and let them know God's love as well. Well, I love what you're saying because I think we often look to empty sources to fill us up. We look to our kids or we look to our spouse. We look to people that are empty in themselves Mm -hmm. and expect them to fill us up. But only Jesus is the eternal source. He's the one that will never run dry. And that's why John 15, 5 says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Truly, you can do nothing. Because Scripture tells us that the fruit of the, of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we all want to be filled with those things. No, it's like, nah, I don't really want much love or joy in my life. <laughs> Instead, we're like, I want that. I want to be able to not only have that, but give it away. And only by letting yourself be connected to the vine, knowing Jesus, experiencing his perfection and his, a relationship with him, can you gain what you need to be able to give it away? And that's not just for moms. That's for all of us. Only Jesus can fill our cup and give us all that we need so that we can live a life of value and of meaning and of depth. And yet here's what I see about moms for the most part. Moms give their lives away, they do so much for other people, and yet they guilt themselves all the time. Most moms that I look in their eyes, they always feel like, well, Daniel, I'm not doing enough, I'm not good enough. And they have this concept of just enough that they feel like they're not measuring up. Why do moms guilt themselves so much? I think um, for me personally, and I know a lot of my mom friends, we get stuck in this trap of looking around at everyone else and comparing ourselves. We think, oh, well, she cooks home-cooked meals, and she like, um, I don't know, she, we have so many th- ways that we compare ourselves, but um, she homeschools and, you know, we think I have to take all that on and be all of those things. And the truth is God is just asking us to be faithful moms the way that he created us to be. And, the, and I love the fact that he created you to be the mom to your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you specifically were chosen to be the mom to your kids. Um, all of who you are, your strengths, even your weaknesses and your imperfections. I know that I really struggle with being a perfectionist and wanting to have it all together and do everything right so I can be really hard on myself. And those expectations are unrealistic. And they usually leave me in a really frustrated place. Um, But I need to remember that God has just called me to be faithful, to be who he created me to be and not compare myself to others. Because comparison is incredibly dangerous. Uh, Comparison is almost always carnal. It's always to either put ourselves above other people or to put ourselves below them and let the enemy tell us that we're not good enough. You know, it's in our social media generation that we live in, we often compare ourselves, our worst day, to somebody else's crowning achievement. You know, it's like, well, she makes a organic quiche every day before school for their kids, and I just send them on their way with granola bars because that's what we have time for. You know, and so we often take 
the crowning achievement versus our worst day. And there's always going to be a gap between that. And instead, we need to rest in the fact that I don't need to compare myself to anybody else. I need to be faithful to one audience. And that's the father. So, so we talk often about this concept of surviving versus thriving. Because there's seasons of motherhood where you feel like, man, I'm just making it through. And newborn phase, I think for everybody, you're just kind of making it through. And you're just like, all right, I'm not sleeping. I don't know which way is up. And you're just kind of making it through. And then there's other seasons that you feel like you're thriving. Well, one of the things that we want to encourage you in is there's different phases of life. There's different phases of your motherhood or your singleness or whatever season that you're in. And what we want to encourage you is to try to find a way to thrive in whatever you're doing right now. Don't think it's going to be better when. When I get to that phase, then. Well, the only time you're going to have the phase that you're in right now is right now. And, and we need to cherish the moment that we're in because we need to, every stage has its own joys and challenges. We need to enjoy the joys, endure the challenges, and experience thriving in the moment that we're in. So my question is, what's the difference? What have you seen as the difference between surviving and thriving? Well, what we say in our family is big rocks first. And I'm going to let Daniel illustrate this for you up here. I'm going to warn you it's going to be a little loud because our rocks are I like loud. loud, and that's our house all the time, so that works. All right? That's true. So basically, our lives are kind of like this. We have a lot of stuff. Anybody busy out there? Anybody have a lot going on? All right. Yep, that's life. And all of a sudden, this is what we call the tyranny of the urgent. There's always something crying out for our attention, something to be done. And so we just fill it up. We got people, we got things coming at us saying, hey, you got to do this, you got to do this. And we feel like all of this has to happen right now. Yet we have these things that if we got to evaluate, we would say are the most important parts of our life. This is what we set out to be all about in our lives. And these are what we call the big rocks. And so, well, our kids, if, if you're a parent... Like, they're crying out for attention, they're asking for stuff, you got to do it right now, and it's all coming at you at once, and so, okay, we'll, we'll take care of them, and, and then our marriage, uh, well, we, we kind of have time for that, but it, does, it kind of fits, I'll get to you later, we're in a phase, alright, we'll, we'll come back to that, and then often we go, well, well, God, God, I hope you understand, we think you're valuable, but, but we just don't have time right now. Like you just don't quite fit in this season. And, and, and we love you, God. And I hope you understand. It's just hard right now. There's just too much going on. We'll get back to you. And yet this is the life that I see most of us live. But Jesus said something very different about the way that we should approach our life. <coughs> Jesus said, um, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. When we put God first in our lives, all the rest makes sense. He gives us wisdom to know what should be on our plates and what should not be on our plates. I think as a mom, we um, tend to try to do everything, and we get super busy. But mothering takes time. And the way that we spell love to our kids is T-I-M-E. They need to know that they have our time and they have our attention. So it's worthwhile to look at our calendars together and really evaluate. 
do we have too much going on? Do we have time to just be a family together and enjoy one another? Um, so I'm going to let Daniel continue this. Well, I think what you're saying is Jesus said basically, put God first. Seek his kingdom first, and, and it will begin to make sense. And you say, God, I'm going to put you in your rightful place. You are first in our family. We will follow you. And then we say, our marriage, this is so important. We're going to build in time, and we're going to make sure that, God, you are going to lead us to love each other. One of the greatest things you can do for your kids is love your spouse and show them what a marriage is meant to look like because that sets them up for their future. And then we say, okay, God, you have entrusted me with kids and I am going to care for them according to the way that you've designed and you're first, our marriage is second, and then our kids are going to come in in line with that. And then we begin to put everything back in and we say, okay, it all fits. And we can rightly approach the rest of our lives and know that Christ is first. And our marriage is important, and we're going to make room for that. And then say, you know what? Our kids, we're going to lead them to know how to organize and deal with this phase of their lives. To be able to thrive in whatever season they're in. C.S. Lewis said it the best, I think. He said, put first things first, and you get second things thrown in as well. Put second things first, and you'll lose both first and second things. And so we have to come back to say, big rocks first. Let's make sure and prioritize. When you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And every time we make a decision, moms, you often are the keeper of the family schedule. And, and you have an, a better EQ than your husband a lot of times. That's the emotional quotient. That's where you can read the temperature of the home. And I want to encourage you to do that. And, and to do that well for, for your family. And those of you that are single moms that are going through this season, I, I, am, I can only imagine how much you're going through and how hard it is to try to maintain all of this stuff. But I want to encourage you, put Christ first and he will begin to direct you in whatever season and, and however it looks to thrive, he will guide you and he will give you what you need. I love that. I want to quickly just make a comment about the order of things. I think... As moms, a lot of times, once we start adding little people to our lives, we begin to kind of give our kids all the attention, right? Because they, I mean, they're demanding, they need it. There's so many needs right in front of us. Um, but we have to be very intentional as moms to not lose our husbands, to not let them, um, you know, a lot of times they move to the back burner or off the stove altogether um, because we're just so busy. But our marriages are so, so important. And we want to be honoring the Lord with our marriages and nurturing our relationships with our husband. Um, so be intentional to, um, you know, let your kids go stay with a sitter so you can go get a date night with your husband um, and really continue to pursue one another. That's good for them to see it. So first of all, Big Rock's first. What is another thing about thriving that you see? Yeah, pack their suitcase. This is a, this is a really amazing thing that we will thrive and our kids will thrive if we're doing this. Uh, so when we bring our kids home, their suitcase is empty. What are we going to put in it? Because the truth is one day they're going to leave our care. They're going to go off and have their own lives. We want to make sure they're prepared, um, well prepared for life. Um, in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. We need to be teaching our children the most important thing, which is God loves them and he has a plan for their life um, and that he wants to have a relationship with them. We want to pass that on to our kids. And the greatest thing we can pack in their suitcase is their love for God. Because often we focus in our culture on packing their suitcase with sports and with music and with academics and with business principles, all those things that we're trying to set them up for. And, and those are good things. And it's so important that we do pack our kids' suitcase. One of the best things you can do, moms, is stop doing everything. Help your kids learn to do stuff on their own by letting them fail and letting them learn in the process. So we need to realize that we raise our kids so that they can go on and do their life. They need to be able to do their laundry. That's an important thing. And so sometimes the best thing you can do is pack their suitcase with the ability and stop doing it all for them. And and in that, we're setting them up for life. And the most important thing you can put in their suitcase is love for God. Every night when we pray for our kids, we're praying, God, help them to love you more than anything else in this life. Because when they get love for God, everything else begins to fall into place. When they don't have a love for God, everything else begins to take over and our hearts begin to create idols out of every other thing that we do in this life. We need to remember that, you know, so much for our kids is caught rather than taught. Um, Yes, it's important that we're teaching them the right things and saying, you know, training them and disciplining them and all of that. But most importantly is nurturing. Like what I said before, don't Don't miss this. The most important thing I want you to hear is only Jesus fills your cup. The most important thing you can give to your kids is your own intimacy with Christ, your own relationship with him, because everything else will pour out from that. And they will see that and they will catch on to that. Our kids know in the morning when they come downstairs and we're out on the back patio, we're reading, we're having that time with the Lord. And they, I'll come down sometimes and they'll already be down there with a book open and they're learning that they see it and they learn it and they want to be like us. And it's just amazing that just with my relationship with Jesus, my kids catch that, but also teaching them is really important as well. And this is another thing to go along with packing their suitcase. Um, this is a new resource, um, to MCC. It's called Homefront, and it's a magazine that, um, it's a spiritual parenting magazine that's going to help inspire you and equip you to do this mom thing, to do this parenting thing. Um, What I love about it is it's really easy. If you can read this, you can lead. Um, I know we don't have a lot of time always to prepare um, some spiritual growth lesson or something like that, but these are fun, practical, um, intentional ways to um, share your faith with your kids and help them to have an outward focus. Um, I think that's one thing we want to instill in our children is that life is not about them. There's a big story that God is telling so we want to be serving um, and looking for opportunities around us. And you can find a digital download for everybody on the city. You can see the Homefront magazine, and it's an incredible resource. We order the paper copy because we like to cut out the scripture and put it in a frame and just talk about it as a family. It's a great resource mm-hmm. for us because we're saying we want to pack their suitcase first and foremost with that. And also, each week that you pick up your kids from Crosstown, or if you're an epic parent, you'll be getting something on the city as well. It's called the Homefront Weekly. And this helps you have the conversation about whatever topic we're talking about at church before it happens at church. 
we get to set you up as the primary discipler and we're just reinforcing what you're already teaching at home. So we want to come alongside you and set you up as the spiritual champions and to help you pack their suitcase because you have a greater vantage point and ability than we do in our hour or two hours a week than, than you um, who are the full length picture that get to show them what it means to follow Jesus. So in order to thrive, uh, we need big rocks first. We need to pack their suitcase. And then lastly, it takes a village. We cannot do this on our own. We need people to come around us, the church of God, um, the to come around us and help us do this mothering thing because on our own, it is really hard. And I think it takes humility. We need to invite and welcome help Um, because sometimes we think I've got it all together and I can do this and I'm managing this and I can do it. You know, we try to be so independent, but we really do need each other. I need Daniel. I need, um, I need my babysitters. They hear some of you are out in the audience. I need, um, mentors in my life. I know it's been so beneficial for me to be involved in mops here at church, um, where there's mentor moms and young ladies Bible study, where there's also mentor moms, women that are just a little step ahead of me that can pour into me and encourage me and remind me that, you know, God has got me and I'm going to make it through this temper tantrum season and with my two-year-old. Um, so we just need that in our lives. Well, I love the way it says it in Titus 2.4. It's talking about this concept of older, older women investing in younger women. And that's one of the things I love about Montgomery Community Church. We are a multi-generational community. We have people at every different stage. And it's so important that we surround ourselves with not just the people at our stage, although that's so important too. If you have young kids, you should be in a grow group with other people with young kids. You get to learn from each other and encourage each other. But it's also so important that those that have gone before are training and equipping younger women. And Titus 2.4 says, Then they can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. And what's happening there is he's saying, teach the younger women, help them, encourage them, model for them what it looks like to love God first. And, and that will then help them ha- live a bigger story. Because this says they will not malign the word of God. Behind your life, there's always a bigger story than just the current portion or chapter that you're in. God is telling his amazing story through you. And he specifically tells it in a cool way through moms. We, we get to see him be a caretaker, nurturer, lover, helper. And he guides us through whatever season we're in. And so MCC, I got to ask, are we pretty incredibly thankful for moms? Are you thankful for moms out there? Yeah, come on. Well, that clap was pretty lame because here's the deal. Um, You wouldn't have life if it wasn't for moms. Uh, And so you celebrate a lot of things more than that. You should be celebrating moms like crazy because they're the ones that... And here's the most important thing we can talk about. Moms have given their lives so that you could have life. And you know what that reflects? Jesus. That reflects the one who had life abundant. He, he was in heaven. He was doing whatever he wanted, but he chose to lay down his life, to lay down all that he had so that you and I could have life. Moms do that all the time. And we're so thankful for what you have done 
and how you lay down your life so that our kids, so that I may have a better life. And just like that today, we're going to take communion. We're going to enter into a time where we remember the fact that Jesus laid down his life on our behalf. He gave his life so that we might have life. And he said, I am dying in your place for your sins. My body is broken for you. I am pouring out my perfect blood to cover your sin. He stepped into our mess and said, I love you anyway. I'll take care of this mess. I will clean you up. I will be what you cannot be for yourself. Come to me, needy, and I will wrap you in my arms and I will gently lead you. I will gently clean you up. What a good father we have. And our response is to simply say, I will give you my life, Jesus, as you gave your life for me. So today, the communion table is open for you. And I encourage you as you come, remember what Christ did in giving his life for you on your behalf. If you don't know Christ yet, we would love to pray with you and engage you in a relationship with him so that you understand what this table means. But we want to encourage you as you go back to your seats, we want you to take communion here, but in community, go back and pray with some people around you. Encourage somebody with you and and just let them know. If if you're with a mom today, look them in the eye and say, thank you. Thank you for the way that you've served and that you've given your life so that we might have life. or, Or if you're just together, just pray for each other and encourage one another today. And I pray that everybody, no matter what stage you're in, if you're a business leader, may you uh, approach your business with servant leadership where you would serve and help others experience an even better experience. And may you give your life away so that others may have a better life moving forward and reflect the gospel in all that we do. Thank you for serving. Thank you for loving moms. Thank you for reflecting Jesus to us in such a powerful and beautiful way. Babe, will you pray for us as we go into communion? Oh, Father, um, motherhood is messy, but you have called it so meaningful. And you enter into our mess, um, and you clean it up, and you teach us, and you guide us. Help us to look to you, God, when we are feeling empty, when when we're feeling like we have nothing else to give, we know that you are our source for joy, our source for life. And we look to you, Jesus. We're so thankful for your sacrifice, thankful for Jesus. Poured out your life for us. I pray that we'd be faithful, God, and find joy in pouring out our life for others so that they may know you. God, may we all engage in this mission of motherhood, all the women in this room. May they know they are valuable and so loved by you, their creator. We love you, Lord, and we're so thankful for this time. We pray that we would experience more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. When this time, the communion table's open. And as you're ready, we encourage you to stand and come forward. And remember Christ's sacrifice. And as you remember, take time together with whoever you're with and pray together.
encourage one another that he meets us in our mess and he gives us incredible meaning. Be blessed.